0: Right on to some football. Day following a big Super Bowl, Super Bowl number 58, 115 million people tuned in to watch some of the usual suspects battle it out. And we're lucky enough to have Anthony Bellino, co-host of JR's Sports Rap. heard every day from 6 to 7. Anthony, what's happening, buddy?
1: Chris, how are you, my friend? Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. It's fun to talk about something a little bit more lighthearted than school shootings and the Gaza Strip and Biden's memory slipping. Good grief. I wish the Lions were playing. We can get into that a touch. But after the brokenheartedness, it was a pretty good football game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a really good football game. You know, I, I always I always find it interesting. You know, with, with your comment right there, the uh, the quote about like uh, you know when things were going wrong in the Roman Empire, they would just bring out the games, and you know here here comes the circus to, to town to distract yeah. people. And wow, did the NFL do a really good job of that last night? I thought that CBS's uh, overall production from their intro, some of their storytelling with some of their uh, you know pre pre packaged stuff. I, I thought that that was sensational then we're getting getting into kickoff you know a lot of people were disappointed with uh, maybe a lackluster first half but I mean that's football and football is supposed to be about playing defense football is about field position it's not just about highlights and fantasy stats and I thought that this game had a really good mix of both as you know the first half was kind of like two heavyweight fighters trying to gauge their distance throwing a lot of jabs in the early rounds uh, before the big swings came in in the second half and then to have overtime with their new overtime uh, that they were rolling out here for the playoffs in the Super Bowl. I thought it was just a it was a it was a win across the board. Didn't enjoy the overall broadcast that much, but you know, that's that's another story for another day.
0: Yeah, you know, everyone's particular about the broadcast. I mean, we all have guys we like. I love hearing Tarico. I think he's fabulous. I used to I used to really loathe Joe Buck, but I've I've kind of grown to like him. Nance I get tired of, but I want to hear Nance on golf, but not on football everyone's got their opinion that there a couple of fumbles in the first half that we saw, especially after really, really good offensive movement of the ball was the only real reason that that was such a low scoring The ball was being moved in that first half. It just didn't amount to anything on the scoreboard.
1: Yeah. I mean, back to back, uh, you know, San Francisco fumbles the football in their f- first possession and they're, they're driving down the field, right? I mean, they're feeling really good. First and 10 at the Kansas City 29 before Christian McCaffrey, of all people, coughs it up. And then their defense comes right out and gets a three and out uh, against Kansas City. Later on in the game when it's three to nothing, here's uh, Isaiah Pacheco with an opportunity uh, to make a play first and goal to San Francisco 9. And he put it on the turf. And I thought that that was a very interesting kind of storyline how – you know, maybe that first fumble was going to change the complexion of the game. Both defenses did a good job uh, forcing immediate punts uh, on, the, on the ensuing possessions. And, you know, with the turnover battle, you think, you know, you, typically if you win the ground game and you win the turnover battle, you should be able to win the game. And, you know, you look at the Chiefs with their fumble, but that was it. Brock Purdy was pretty clean, 255 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, only 110 yards as a team on the ground. Patrick Mahomes taking over late in that game with some of the carries that he had to, he just tucked the ball and said, I'm going to do this myself. I'll carry it my, my own self with 66 yards on the ground. So they lost the turnover margin, but won the ground game, won that rushing battle because you still have to be able to uh, to run the football and run run it effectively. I thought it was very interesting in the first half. Travis Kelsey with one target, one catch, and one yard receiving until he broke out in the second half with uh, with you know eight receptions and ninety two yards. So a lot of you know they had that little kerfluffle there on the sideline between Travis Kelsey and head coach Andy Reid on the play in which Pacheco had fumbled. Like, I thought that there were, so, there, there were so many directions that game could have gone, you know, leading into today's, you know, nonstop 24-7 sports media realm that I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was very surprised by the outcome.
0: Anthony, looking at the Chiefs as kind of a a model now of uh, a bit of a dynasty we're we're seeing emerge, right? I mean, this is clearly uh, uh, not a rinse and repeat because they've changed their identity a little bit now in the last few seasons, becoming far more defensive. What's the recipe that stands out to you that Andy Reid has done such a good job with? Because clearly this team's not done. They're not on their way out. They're still in their prime. A lot of their contracts are relatively in, in the prime sense. They're not losing a ton of people. And, Look, Patrick Mahomes is a stud. The guy can just take over a ball game, much like Tom Brady used to do.
1: Yeah, I think that at the end of the day, like what the what the Kansas City Chiefs can do uh, is they have a go-to guy in the past game in Travis Kelsey. Uh, they believe in running the football. Uh, they did tweak their offensive line a little bit. Joe Tooney was down last night, wasn't able to play, uh, so that hurt them at left guard. But outside of that, uh, they have they have the mix of you know we're going to reinvest in our defense. You know, Chris Jones got a huge contract and he was all over the place causing havoc. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have 30 tackles and 10 sacks, right? I mean, what you have to do is you have to be able to find a front four that can get to the quarterback without any help. And I think that when you do that defensively, you have so many more options in your back seven, whether you want to drop them into coverage, whether you want to disguise a blitz, you know, if you want to run a quarterback spy, if you're worried about the opposing quarterback, like it just makes you so much more versatile when you're able to bring pressure with 4 they have two lockdown corners on the outside that are very very difficult uh you know to go up against you have this this quarterback that is Next level, the best of his generation. I mean, that's what it is. It's interesting that you know, 20 years ago was the last time uh, that there was a repeat Super Bowl champion, and here we are, 20 years later. That other champion that was Tom Brady, and here we go with Patrick Mahomes, right. and, and kind of you know passing the torch onto him, if you will. Absolutely. I mean, you have four Super Bowl berths in five years, you win three out of the five, and you go back to back. This is definitely dynasty uh, material. But Kansas City has all the goods, and what I what I think is really interesting if you're a Lions fan you're watching that game okay so you beat the eventual Super Bowl champions had San Francisco lost you would have lost to the Super Bowl champions but this is right. really this is this is your this is the table you're sitting at now right you are the company uh, that you keep this is what is expected of you and i think the the Lions truly do have the right mix of guys i think that they will find you know that Jameson Williams Going into year three is really going to come into his own and can be a number one option. They've got the guy that can work the middle of the field in Amon Ross St. Brown. They have a franchise tight end. Uh, they have two good running backs. They continue to invest in the offensive line. I think you look defensively, they definitely need uh, a number one corner because that is just an area that we lacked in so bad. We've got good depth at safeties. Maybe maybe a, an additional linebacker because Derek Barnes going down, You know who knows how long it's going to take for him to get back up, and then you have to get some help along the defensive line. You need somebody on the opposite end of Hutch, and you need some help in the interior as well.
0: Sure. Yeah, Anthony, I think you and I would be simpatico on this as we watch our Lions this season start out with a bang, obviously coming off of an incredible amount of momentum from the prior season, and then go through a weird lull where, You know, Goff can't stop fumbling the ball, and he's throwing picks like he's got one eye closed. And everyone says, "Okay, here we go again." Very much like the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now going to hoist another Lombardi Trophy. They lost four or five games that they easily could have won, and they looked really lackluster. I think we learned something as fans this year that a, it's football, and in the NFL, anything can happen. You know, every cliche applies there. But b, if you have the right mix of talent and guys, and the right attitude in the locker room. You can win these games. I think the Detroit Lions have a far better chance of making it to the to the Super Bowl next year than a San Francisco 49ers team who's been there twice and failed. They're questioning their leadership right now, and everybody in that Detroit locker room, they believe wholeheartedly in theirs.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, – that, you know, I thought was very interesting. So after the game – uh, the Kansas City Chiefs players were asked about the new overtime, and they talked about how for the last two weeks they had a game plan. If the thing goes into overtime and San Francisco gets the ball first, we are going to go down, score, and go for two, right? And they talked about rehearsing it for two weeks. Everybody was on the same page. That's what they were going to try to do. The same question was pitched to the San Francisco players, and they and a couple of them, Eric Armstead being one of them, said that he learned about the the change in the overtime rule where both teams would possess the ball. He learned about that on the video board as it was happening in real time when they put the explanation up there uh, at Allegiant Stadium. I think that, that, is, that that's just preposterous, but that goes to show you the, the preparedness, right? And I think that one thing that Dan Campbell's group has really done a good job of is they've got the the ultimate buy-in from their players. Players are here. The guys that are here believe in being here. They believe in what they are doing. They believe in each other. They play for one another. We don't have any real off-the-field issues. We don't have any crazy egos. We've got a lot of guys that are going to put their hard hat on uh, that are going to go to work. I think that's really relatable uh, for this this Lions team, and I think it puts us in great position to be successful.
0: I'm with you. Thanks for joining the program, man. As always, we have a lot to be excited about here in Detroit. We can celebrate uh, a little bit for the Kansas City Chiefs knocking off the guys who knocked us out. But hopefully we'll be back there soon. And we'll be back to you in just a few minutes after the break.
1: Thank you very much, Chris.